warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is. Hi, I'm Bex, and I'm a primary school teacher from Cambridgeshire. I've experienced teaching across the age range, being a deputy head, and I'm also the curriculum and teaching and learning lead. And I have the privilege of training and releasing the next generation of teachers as well. And today we are planning lessons in art with this week's folk tale from Japan. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for the Underwater Kingdom. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you'll also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by Winnie the Witch's very own Corky Paul, as well as the full audio book for you to download at any time, and even some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Bex here by seeing what art we can create with Yoshima's help. What have you come up with here, Bex? For art, I would definitely again. If you haven't heard this strongly enough over the past week and a bit, then get hold of Corky's <laughs> illustrations, and um, because they'll really, really help the children, particularly when they're thinking about、um, art.、Hmm. So for the、um, younger children, so for our year, early years and year one and two children,、um, lots of the art skills that they need to learn is particularly about looking at warm colours and、um, and cold colours. So I would really get、hmm. them to start looking at and、um, just being able to paint the sea or to create the sea using different media. And、um, so one、hmm. of the ways. That you can do that is have lots and lots of pictures of different artists' impressions of water,、um, and have some water yourself if the children just want to draw from what they can actually see.、Um, and、mm. I've made these things called、um, like viewfinders, where you just cut a hole out of、um, normally a square or rectangle out of a piece of paper, and the children open it up and use that as a viewfinder, so they can choose a bit of the painting or the water they really like the look of, and then they try and recreate that on a bigger scale on their piece of Paper,、ah, so they're only、see. creating a part.、So、they're really looking in detail at、mm. how the painter they've chosen has used their skills to be able to paint water. So I think that's a really, a really nice activity in looking at the colours and looking at whether they want to use pastels or paint or watercolours to create the effect that the artist has created. So using、mm. a little bit of creating something that's little,、um, but then you can also patchwork all of their bits of the sea together to create a big ocean. As a, like a class or a year group or a school、mm. display, if you're going to go, everybody's going to have a go at that activity. So I really, I think it's really understanding how an artist has created the feel of water. And I think I remember you saying last week that what Corky does with his illustrations is wanting it to be moving. So I think yes, again,、yeah. just thinking about how they can create that idea that the water's not just still. Yeah, not static. Yeah. There's some life、mm. there. Yeah. I mean, I think th- this is also a fantastic opportunity to. I, I don't know whether you'd be allowed to get away with this, but uh, uh, an opportunity to show how language too and the English side is also an art.、Mm. Oh yeah, know, it, it's an art form. I mean, this is a story after all. Storytelling is an art form. And what was interesting hearing you come up with this idea was the whole process for the, the way Cork and I worked on this story was. His illustrations came after I'd written the story, 
So I had to inspire him in some way. And how this worked was I got some photos of the sea and tried to think how I could describe that scene in word form. And then he took my words and thought about how they could create these amazing illustrations. So uh, as well as, you know, having a go at doing it both ways with your children, seeing if they can take photos and represent them as language or, or represent mm. them um, as illustrations themselves, you can also see whether they could create their entire underwater scene using the language that is found in this mm. story. And will their picture look um, similar to Corky's? Will they have a different style to it? It's a fantastic way then of exploring different people's approaches to art and how art itself, just as a, a subject, as a, as a term, is really subjective. Mm. It can be as different in, in one person's mind as it can in another's. Yeah, completely. I think I've done that before in quite a lot of, um, using quite a lot of different texts where you just read a character description or you read a setting description and get the children to use in whatever media they like to draw it as your... Mm. Um, sharing it so and then share, then show the illustration to them and see how and talk about how the fact that even if theirs doesn't match what the illustrator has chosen actually that's still a valid mm. piece of art because it's their imagination and it doesn't our imaginations don't yeah. all look the same so it's a great linking right back to the beginning linking back to our PSHE and thinking that we're yes. we're all individuals yeah. and we're all going to see think going to see things in different ways but yeah, I, I really like doing that. So that would be a, a good way to even kick off the art topic. Mm. And the strength of collaboration in art as well, because obviously I was looking at the art of photography. Mm. You know, someone had actually gone underwater and taken these amazing photos. That is an art. Yeah. That inspired my art of the writing. That inspired Corky's art of the illustration. I think you could have that chain of art going on. Yeah. Um, through your class, couldn't you? It could almost be like an artistic version of Chinese whispers. Mm. We could call it Japanese whispers, yes, couldn't we? Yes, let's do that. You'd have one one child <laughs> taking a photo and turning it into words, then passing it to another child who turns it into a picture, who then passes it to another child who has to try and describe it in words again, and just sit, keep mm. that chain going to to show how art is unique, but also something that brings us together. Yeah, definitely. Art gives such an opportunity to express yourself in different ways, and like just painting mm. is part, painting and drawing and mark making is just part of part of the wider art. And I think then, for, if you have iPads or access to and the, a technology in your school or in your classroom, then even linking that into the computing curriculum, which is again a different form of a different way, a digital mm. media. And so actually not forgetting that as you're thinking about what you offer the children in order to create their sea picture, because someone might want to take a picture of some water. Yeah. So yeah, that would be great. And then thinking about our older children. So how would we trans, you know, how would we use a similar idea of looking at some water that's already been painted and maybe that or um, illustrated and them having a go themselves I'd probably look at um, them copying the style of an artist so looking at particularly mm -hmm. about the um, the way I'm fascinated by the way Monet painted his water in particularly in water lilies with like pushing the paint around and uh -huh. and using lots of different tools so I'd probably have a look at that f at first and then get them to illustrate a part of the Yurishima story so giving them a different mm -hmm. part in maybe groups 
in year three, four, five and six, give them um, a bigger piece of paper and get them to work as a, collaboratively as a group to create the illustration for a page maybe um, of the story and then share some of Corky's illustrations with them afterwards, but using what they've already yeah. learnt um, about painting water and hot and cold colours from, uh, from their Key Stage 1 cu- uh, curriculum and then creating something a bit different um further up the school excellent and um, finally kind of for art and linking in a little bit of design technology as well i might do this the whole school project and get them to create a um i think it's called a diorama where it's like an underwater world so they'd create the water using um a media of their choice in the back of a shoe box or a cereal box and then they'd also Ooh. um create some sea creatures that they could hang from the top of their diorama and so they'd create Mm. an underwater world they might want to look at the seaweeds and the sea urchins and what's happening on the seafloor as well but that and 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 then you'd also be able to see a really nice progression in skills across your primary school if you're an all through primary school or across your um, infants or juniors if you're an infant or junior school just really oh so you'd get different groups to, or different age groups to design different parts of the diorama um so they'd all create their own but then you could display oh. uh, ones from across the school so you could really see, I see. um Mm. because your younger children might be just really focusing on creating the sea um, and Mm. one creature and then your older children you might give them pictures that they um, either replicate or give them a bit more information so they can make a few more choices themselves but um, I just think it's a really lovely a lovely way to represent the underwater world they might even want to put the dragon palace on you never know (laughs) as well and again a fantastic way of allowing some cross-class inspiration and cross child inspiration if they go and look at each other's dioramas and then have to either translate them into words or translate them into other illustrations i don't know maybe even translate them into a drama or uh, some kind of puppet show or something because you can use dioramas for those oh yeah definitely or um like they have to they can magpie an idea or add something that they think's missing Mm -hmm. yeah i think collaborative work and and having those opportunities is really great. There's lots and lots of research that I've been reading for one of my other roles about the children um, being the best tutors two years apart. So like your year threes working with your year ones. Um, and that's the mm. kind of best age group. And particularly for those children who find some some of the aspects of learning difficult, if they can go and help somebody else and explain mm. something to a younger child, actually that really helps them as well. So as much as you can, get let's get working together. Absolutely, yeah. And what a brilliant way in with art. That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, please let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Hiroshima will help us create some music. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! Cheerio. And And we we hope hope to hear your story soon. soon!